talk about intuition. Now, intuition is not understood in the West. And even when it's referred to, it's almost in a way that um, is seen as an aspect of consciousness. Now, there is some truth in that, in that there is one element of intuition, which is an aspect of the functioning of the brain and can be understood at a normal level. Now, I'll explain what I mean. Uh, consciously, we perceive probably, I think tests have said no more than about seven things at the same time. So if you're walking down a busy street, you're taking in, you know, maybe the shops, maybe some of the people where you're looking and so on. But there's a huge amount of stimulus that's going on, you know, both auditory, what you're hearing, what you're seeing in your, you know, in the background of your vision and what you're smelling and so on, that you're not aware of. Now we can show, and um, under hypnosis we can bring this out, that those unconscious ideas, uh, those unconscious perceptions rather, are actually in the brain. Now some of what we call intuition can be explained in that way for instance let's imagine you're talking to somebody and is um is a stranger but he seems quite friendly and so on and um you know you want to go along with it but there's something in your mind that says oh hold on this isn't quite right so you 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 know you don't you used to say well thanks when you walk away now it may be that subliminally you picked up some very subtle eye movements or lip movements or something like that to indicate he was lying. Um, you weren't aware of it consciously, but if you're sufficiently tuned in to your mind, you go with it. And this is why I always say to people, follow your gut. Now, there is another aspect of intuition which sort of ties in with this, which is where those subtle... Um, in the subtle inputs, those subliminal ideas, don't actually come from yourself or what we would consider to be ourself. They don't come from our senses. They come externally. And they come in the form of uh, what you might say is a kind of drop, a diamond, if you want. It's an instant of time and is a, a very clear view of something, but it's not logical. The mind doesn't work in logic, the universe doesn't work in logic. It works, the natural language of the mind is metaphor and similarly, simile. And that's how these uh, moments of intuition can work. Now, different people have different um, levels of intuition. Some people have it in spades and some people hardly have it at all. The people who hardly have it at all can be very sceptical and dogmatic. The people who have it um, often too much can, can like, quite literally finish up in mental hospitals. They can't control it. So imagine you're walking around down this street and you're thinking about, let's say, opening up a business or something, and suddenly, you know, you're thinking about somebody you knew five years ago. Now, some people would say that 
okay well intuition this is coming from uh, you know the other worlds maybe you're going to bump into this bloke or something like that Maybe true but it may be something else it may be for instance that this person that you're that suddenly came into your mind uh, opened up a business and it failed because they didn't invest enough money in it and maybe just at that moment you walk past a, um, a little cafe and you were again subliminally noticing that the cafe really look very down and dowdy. They should have invested more money into the decor. But unless you've got a very clear mind, you won't see that. What will happen is you'll be thinking about this suddenly about this person you knew five years ago. And you'll be thinking about when you went on holiday together and you think, oh yeah, we had that really nice steak up there. And then you're thinking about steak and then you're thinking about meals and then you decide, oh, I'm quite hungry. Maybe I ought to go for a cup of coffee and a sandwich. It gets lost in the noise, the noise of your own mind. And there's an exercise which I've given previously to people where I say take a number from 0 to 10 and that's an indication of how busy your mind is. So 0 would be a very still mind, completely still with no thoughts. Very few people are like that. And 10 would be a mind that's so busy you couldn't get another thought in there. Now most people are probably around the 7, 8, something like that. So when these intuitive insights come, the metaphor I use is like a pinball machine. If you know these old pinball machines, the ball would drop down from the top and it would bounce off something and it would bounce off something else and it would bounce off something else. And this is what the mind's like that intuitive insight comes with this sudden glimpse of this person in you five years ago and it bounces off your mind because your mind's so busy and you're thinking about one thing and then you're thinking about something else and then you're thinking about something else and that original clarity that that insight could have given you gets lost this is why meditation is so important to still the mind so that when you get these insights you can at least get something out of them you know it may not you may not see them in the absolute clarity but you could at least get something and not use it as simply more feed chaos into an already chaotic mind now these intuitive insights in themselves um, they arrive pure as, as an essence but the problem is they they come in sort of the a deep level of the mind and by the time they've come to the conscious mind they've come up to the surface invariably they've got contaminated now I gave an example of contamination uh, previously and I said about the person who's had the sudden thought of a, of a friend and misinterprets that thought now this happens all the time and there are different types of contamination there's that kind of intellectual contamination. There's also emotional contamination. And this can result in mental illness. You see, people who get who are very intuitive and are getting these um, intuitive things all the time, if they can't control their mind, and usually the mind is quite chaotic, it sends them off in all directions. And um, if we're suffering from, you know, um, personality or, or problems and issues that we don't face up to, then that gets reflected in these, uh, in our interpretation of this intuition. 
I'll give you a couple of examples. There was a woman who was happily married, um, her husband. They were both very nice people. They were very respectable. And the husband was very nice. Her family really liked him. He came from a very good background. And they bought a house together they were going to renovate. And basically, you know, over time it became apparent that the husband was completely lazy, knocked down half the house and uh, and just sat there and didn't didn't repair it. So she's living in a in a dump, he's not working, you know, she's providing for things. And then she has a nervous breakdown. The devil's talking to her. Now it became obvious under therapy what was happening was that um she started getting thoughts about her husband that weren't really well, they weren't very nice. But she is a respectable woman. Everybody liked her husband. He's a really nice bloke. So she obviously wasn't getting these thoughts. The thoughts were put there by the devil. So she was convinced that the devil was talking to her and so on. Now, a conventional psychiatrist would simply put them on, you know, lithium or some kind of um, uh, antipsychotic drug in order to suppress the voices. I say to people, listen to your gut, listen to these voices. And even in that case, people should listen to the voices, not just say, oh, we have to suppress these, but what are they saying and why are they saying it? And invariably with mental illness, you will find that there's a, a logic, a kind of logic behind it. And if you can get to that logic, it will give you an insight into what's happening. When we meet new people, it's often said you get a first impression. In fact, what you think is your first impression probably isn't your first impression. Your first impression was that sudden insight, that drop of, of clarity. But then immediately it got contaminated. So let's say you're interviewing somebody for a job. It's not a particularly high-powered job and a woman comes in and you um, you get an, a feeling from this woman that she's uh, you know she's uh, had a very difficult life people have always let her down and so on and you feel tremendous sympathy for her so your employer but then after she's been working for you for a bit you find that she's actually extremely unreliable and is into drugs so what went wrong well what may have gone wrong just in this hypothetical example is that that first insight could have been this feeling and a quite genuine feeling, almost an empathy, that she was just worn down by the system. Everybody she'd met had led her down and she was... But you interpreted that as sympathy, as, oh, I have to help this woman. And that's your contamination. Um, because she didn't need sympathy. She needed you know, help with sort of psychological problems that are developed as a result of her upbringing. Um, but you missed it because you immediately contaminated that feeling of that she was oppressed and put upon as sympathy, as you have to help her. And of course we see this all the time. You know, the people beg on the streets and people say, oh, I have to help them. I always help people, who, you know, give them money or whatever. But I'm very well aware that some of them are exploiting, some of them will go off and spend that money on drink and so on. Um, so we've got to be a bit careful. I mean, you know, I wouldn't invite these people back to my house necessarily, you know. It's, they're, not, they're not necessarily good, reliable people, even though you might have some empathy for them. Now, imagine this 
situation as a father and the daughter and they were very close you know the daughter was a sort of daddy's girl and she grew up and got to adolescence and, and went off the rails and this is unfortunately quite common got involved in the wrong people got into drugs became a drug addict, drug addict and so on and the father is absolutely desperate he remembers that nice innocent girl and sees what's become of her blames the drugs and wants to get that girl back but he doesn't understand her now suppose and this is very common and people don't realize the frustration that men go to in seeing that in their daughters and suppose we could say to him we have a magic wand and we said i can give you an insight into your daughter we're going to give you like that drop that moment and you're actually you're it's like you've been your your daughter for a moment just for a moment and you'll be able to understand exactly how she how she is and you get that drop of insight suddenly it's like he'd been there and come out of it but what's left is not a detailed analysis of her life it's a, a feeling um, an impression and it would give him tremendous insight. But suppose he said, no, I want more insight than that. You know, she's changed over the last few years. You say, okay. Um, I'll give you a very speeded up version of the last year. It's almost like you're playing that last year, but in a moment of time. And the father experiences that and his better understanding of the daughter he says, no, I want more than that. And so well, I can give you the last um, last month, you know, but speed, but speed it up, but less so. Um, it's gonna, you, you know, you play it out. And so on. He says, no, I want more than that and more than that. And you say, okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to die and you're going to come back as your daughter. And you will experience everything she went through as she went through it. And then when you're, you die as your daughter, you can look back and you'll know exactly why she did what she did. Now, if you think about that, it sort of gives you a different insight into people's behaviour. And when they die, they're able to look back on the experience. Now, that intuition, that moment is, you know, people vary in their degree of opening up to intuition. You can train it. And it's really worthy of another uh, podcast, I think. Um, you train it in the exact... You see, if we look at people's intellectual ability, some people are more intelligent than others, but even the least intelligent person can develop it. They can usually learn to read and write in a basic way and they can work on their intelligence if they apply themselves. People who aren't very, you know, strong and, and, and agile and athletic, naturally, can become more athletic. I mean, they're not going to be, you know, world-famous boxers or football players, but they can develop their athletic ability even if they don't have it naturally. And it's the same with the intuition. Um people people who are, who are emotional for instance because some people are more emotional than others but we can get turned on emotionally uh, in the same way as we can get turned on sexually and 
when we turn ourselves on emotionally by exposing ourselves to emotional situations and ha and trying to you know tune into that emotion we develop ourselves emotionally and we can do the same with our intuition even people who aren't naturally intuitive or very intuitive can develop it and we can get to a point where you could be sitting down with somebody and you have that moment where you as it were were them it's almost like you've been them you've seen them you understand exactly where they were our minds usually aren't um, stable enough uh, that we can go back and revisit that because all that happens is that moment as i say gets contaminated um it might give you a different respect for that other person a different understanding for them but you won't really know why it's um, as you said a subliminal level it's possible to develop the intuition and develop that clarity of mind so that when you get that insight, it's almost like you can revisit it. You can go back and understand different facets of it. So I would emphasize here the importance of meditation. Um, even a short meditation done daily, and I think that's the important thing to do it daily, and more or more often if you can, in order to slow down those thoughts. It's the thoughts that get in the way. They contaminate. They stop you experiencing the reality, which is there all the time. The reality comes from that right brain, but we get stuck in that left brain, in what I call a train of thoughts. A thought that's linked to the next one, that's linked to the next one, like carriages on a train. But one thing that metaphor misses is how those trains can be diverted down other tracks. You know, by being pushed slightly from one side, like, like the metaphor of the pinball machine. And the mind goes off chaotically. And uh, even a train of thoughts has a side of predictability to it but most people's minds are so chaotic <clears throat> they're simply jumping around all over the place and people who are intuitive it's even worse because they're constantly getting these um, hits as it were which push their mind this way and that way um, it's a wonderful gift but it's also a curse and, and as I've pointed out can quite literally drive people insane if it's not understood it's a shame that our schools and our education system doesn't understand intuition uh, more and intuition at all really and develop it but of course our society is moving in the reverse direction psychologists such as Jung who did understand it and wrote about it and taught about it are now almost ridiculed and instead we've fed this bland dire of, of crass pop psychology you know where people are allowed to be women if they think they're women or a man if they think they're a man or a cat if they think they're a cat and there's no understanding of the deeper complexities of things like the animus and the anima and all these subconscious forces that drive the mind in different ways and in fact as a therapist in some states, I could be banned from giving certain types of therapy to people if it was deemed to be 
you know, therapy to stop, um, you know, homosexuality or gender dysphoria or something like that. The world has gone mad and the uh, inmates are running the asylum. for listening you can email me phil at graham.net you can look at my website philip with one l dot graham.net graham is b-r-a-h-a-m and if you send an email put podcast in the subject so it doesn't get lost thank you